I'm going to start this morning with some uh, Bible passages that I want to read through, and they're going to be familiar passages for some of those who just recently went through membership training class, but they were uh, appropriate for uh, the message I want to convey today. And I'm going to start, if you want to make your way there in your Bibles or in your devices, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, where the Apostle Paul talks about the church as a body. And uh, so I'm going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, starting with verse 12. And, and Paul puts it this way. He says, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. We were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And then, uh, jumping down to verse 26, he says, If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, if you want to make your way to Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul uh, comes at the same theme from a slightly different perspective. And as you make your way to Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to start with verse 1, but as you make your way there, there's one verse in between that's just one verse, so I'm not going to have you even try to take time to find it. But in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul's talking about... um, how we are saved by faith, and we are saved for a purpose. And at the end of that, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he says this, For we, this is us, folks, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I often need to be reminded of that, to realize um, my relationship with God is not just to keep me out of hell and it's not just to make me feel better about myself and feel better about life. He created me. He redeemed me. He created you and redeemed you and equipped us to do stuff to advance his purpose. And it's sobering to think that he created good works in advance for me to do. Now, if you, if you hover over that for just a moment, if you're at all like me, who kind of has lived from a performance-based approach to life, I wonder if God uniquely equipped me and he created good works for me to do, what happens if I don't do them? Do they go undone? Kind of a sobering thought. Um, but back to the whole idea of the church as a body with each part having a role to play. In Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to start with verses 1 through 3. 
Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I encourage you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In other words, Paul's saying, I'm paying a price for this. And as I pay that price, I urge you, I beg you, I plead with you to live up to the standard. And he begins to kind of describe what that standard is. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then jump down with me, starting with verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 11, right in the middle of a paragraph there. It says, it was he, referring to God, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Continuing, it says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by its waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And I emphasize that latter part. As each part does its work. And again, the reminder, and I've I've emphasized this in several occasions, and I'm sure I camped out on it a bit in membership training class, but, but Paul makes that statement about the role of the pastors and teachers is to equip everyone to do the good work that God created for them to do. Over the past um, six to 12 months, uh, your local board administration has attempted to communicate a lot of important information related to my upcoming sabbatical using a variety of means and a variety of voices including a letter which you should receive today. And if you don't, see Dan Omer, because he's got one for you, I guarantee it. Many of you have already received it and read it. Save it. You may want it. Uh, Today I want to add my voice uh, against the backdrop of the passages that I read. Um, I'm going to share an, an assortment of what I call please and thank you statements. And I encourage many of you, some of you may not even be there yet, but many of you can hearken back to the days of old and and reflect upon perhaps the first time your parents left you home alone for an extended period. Now, if your parents were at all like my parents, there was an extended dialogue, or if they were anything like I was as a parent, there was an extended dialogue where mom and dad, or mom or dad, clearly articulated all of the expectations. And they may have gone so far as to what happens if there is a zombie apocalypse, or there is a tornado, or there is a hurricane, or some stranger comes to the door, or the toilet floods. I mean, they may have covered it all. Um, I remember a time for me, uh, and I won't camp out here long because it's embarrassing, uh, but my parents were going to be gone. I was a senior in high school. I was well old enough to be on my own, and I had been on my own in numerous occasions. But they had certain expectations for me to uphold while they were gone. Um, I, on the other hand, chose to make some really poor choices and was very, very close to ending up in jail 
and ended up being suspended from the basketball team for a period of time because of poor choices that I made. Needless to say, when mom and dad came home, they were a little disappointed. And so what I want to tell you is what I'm about to share with you is my equivalent of mom and dad are going away pep talk, all right? And so just some things that are on our heart. And don't be that guy like me who ends up in jail while mom and dad are gone. But seriously, um, there's so much that we have done to try to prepare for this. But there's some things I just wanted to say for myself. Others have said it. We've said it in a variety of circumstances. But, but I want to say it myself from this position. The first please statement is please know that even though our contact will be limited, you will consistently be in our prayers and in our thoughts. I will not be on Facebook at all, okay? And I will only check my email periodically. I ask you to be receptive to those who will be helping to provide pastoral care. They are not the second string. Don't feel like somehow you are inadequately cared for because Pastor Steve's not here. Each member of your local board administration have unique skill sets that I do not have. And in my opinion, each of them are uniquely equipped to fill portions of the pastoral care role. And they are very, very passionate about doing so. I would also ask you to please be sensitive to how you can provide pastoral care to one another. If you are aware of a situation that you think normally I would respond to, a funeral home visitation, a hospital visitation, someone who needs anything, sure, notify the appropriate people listed on your list, but also ask yourself, is this an opportunity for me to step in and provide care to my fellow believers, my church family? I ask you to please not take it personally if we don't return a call, a text, or a message. And please, don't be hurt if you hear that we had contact with somebody else in the church, but we haven't had contact with you. Because it's going to happen. It is not our intent to intentionally avoid or exclude any of you, as I've said in some of the small group discussion. If you see us out in public, you don't have to run and hide, all right? You don't have to pretend like we don't know each other, all right? I won't do that to you either, all right? So please understand, this is not like you have the plague or we have the plague. But understand that there are things that we may normally respond to that we're not going to respond to. The second please statement is please know that we will probably miss you more than you will miss us. All right? If you look at your relationships like a pie chart, all right, in all reality, Diana and I are a really, really, really small sliver of your pie. Let's be honest. We're just two folks. Yes, we have history. Yes, we have connection. Yes, we share a lot. But we're still a really small slice. Now then, think about Diana and I having relationships with all of you. You are a much bigger piece of our pie than we are of your pie. Speaking of pie, I'm hungry already. But um, but please understand that just because you don't hear from us 
doesn't mean that we're not missing you. You will be notified if there's something that going on, is going on in our lives that would be appropriate and important for you to know about. Otherwise, please assume no news is good news. Just so that you know, I will be submitting uh, a brief update to the board of administration on the 15th of every month. So at any point in time, even in between those updates, feel free if you're concerned or say, hey, I heard this about Pastor Steve and Diana, or I haven't heard, did they totally fall off the face of the earth, their house is totally empty, don't hesitate to ask, and they will update you in whatever extent they possibly can. And please, I kind of hit on this already, but, but be understanding if we miss an important event or occasion in your life. It is not intended to slight you. But again, because you are such a large portion of our pie, if we did that and caught everybody's special events, we might as well not take sabbatical. And I'm saying this as much for me as I am for you. Now kind of getting to the nitty-gritty. Please, please use our time away as an opportunity to step up and serve more rather than a chance to sit back and do less. It's been a long time, but I do remember back when I was in school. And when I was in school, a substitute teacher meant we didn't have to do much. It was like a day off. And so I'm asking you to understand this is not like that. I would be thrilled if every one of you would consistently ask a question. Since Pastor Steve and Diana are gone, where can I step up and help out? Many of you already do. Many of you already have plans to. But I would ask all of you to ask that question. In Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, there's a, there's a verse that gets used, and, and I'm using it out of context. I will own that. But it says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land. Some of the guys here, a few of us, went to a stand-in-the-gap thing that, that promise keepers did in Washington, D.C. And, and I would just ask you guys, to search your heart and say, where perhaps could I stand in the gap to make sure that things get taken care of? Remember, Diane and I just had a conversation about this week, but but we've tried in a variety of ways to communicate this, but I'm going to say it myself. Remember, the goal is not just to have Cheryl and or the board of administration do everything that Diane and I would normally do, but rather the goal is for more people to serve and for people to serve in new roles as necessary. As the scripture that I read said, the body is healthiest when each member does its part. And if you think about that that analogy, sometimes members of the body need to take on new roles to help the body get through a particular challenge. You hurt your foot. This foot carries more of the weight. You get crutches and all of a sudden your arms are helping you walk. You have an issue with your hearing and supposedly your eyesight gets better. Unless you're just getting old and then they both go away. 
But, but friends, understand that our heart's desire is not for you to simply survive while we're gone, but rather for you to enthusiastically gain new ground. I ask you to please use the gap created by our sabbatical as an inspiration to attend with increased regularity rather than an excuse for more frequent absences. Friends, can we be honest? I've been at this a long time, and I see what happens to attendance during the summer. We're all busy. It's really nice. we got stuff to do, places to go, things we can't do other times of the year. I get it. I've also been at this long enough to know typically when we have a guest speaker some folks think, teacher's gone. (laughs) I can skip. And he won't know. Well, I do know, but I don't have any control over it. I'm asking you, please, don't let that be the case. I would encourage each of you to think, Pastor Steve and Diana are gone. Therefore, my church needs me to be there. And just so you know, even though I have the capability because of our church management software, I could log on every week and see whether you were here or not, even if I'm gone. (laughs) Not going to do that, but I'm just saying. I can't tell you your board of administration probably will be doing that. I ask you to please support our guest speakers with your attendance, with your attentiveness, with your words, with your encouragement, and with your prayers. Nothing would, not nothing, but it would please me greatly when this is all over to have everybody who stepped in here and filled this role say, wow, wow, what a cool group of people. I've not felt any more supported anywhere I've been. I ask you to please support and encourage all of our caring community family who are making sure everything gets done. Let them know you noticed. Let them know that you acknowledge they're keeping the wheels turning. And I would ask you, I know you guys do this. I'm not saying any of this because you don't. I'm just saying it so I feel better. But make sure all of our guests are warmly welcomed. And then at the last please statement, and it goes without saying, but please pray. Please pray. Specifically, pray for Diana and me to be protected. Friends, can we be honest? One of the last things our adversary wants is for us to come back in three months and be totally stoked, revved up, refreshed, and empowered. He doesn't want that to happen. So will you please pray for us to be protected, for us to be renewed, for us to be restored, for us to be strengthened in every area of our life. Please pray for the local board administration. I'm always deeply appreciative of the team that I serve with. 
but I'm particularly sensitive in the times when, as, as a leadership team, we've had to work through difficult stuff. And, and to realize they're, they're volunteers. They have lives, they have jobs, they have careers, they have interests, but yet they, they plug away. This year I've felt that perhaps on a greater level, not because we were facing difficulty necessarily, but we have literally changed the rules in the middle of the game for our board of administration. Every one of them signed on and allowed their name to stand for election based on a job description or a position description that we have totally thrown out the window and rewritten this year. And they all said, we'll figure this out. So please pray for them. They are taking on new roles. They are embracing increased responsibility. Please, please, please pray for Cheryl. She will face increased demands without the benefit of my support. At the very least, one of the things I provide for Cheryl is a safety net and a sounding board. We're working to provide that in other ways, but pray for her. Pray for everyone who serves to keep things going here. And be willing, if necessary, to back up the backups. We we got backups, but sometimes the backup needs a backup. Be ready to step into the game and do your best. Pray for each other as you become aware of needs and challenges. Friends, more than ever, if you know somebody in our body is hurting or struggling, get on your knees and ask God to meet them where only he can. Pray for our church to be fruitful and effective. This is not a time for us to coast. Pray for our church to grow and gain increased momentum. Finally, some thank you statements. First, on behalf of Diane and I, thank you for your amazing expressions of appreciation last week. The words, the financial gift, the celebrations of baptism and dedication, the basket full of notes we have yet to open are each an incredible blessing. And we want to say thank you from the bottom of our heart. We want to say thank you for loving us enough to give us the opportunity to take a sabbatical. It goes without saying, but on levels some of you may know, others of you may not. The last several years for us have been challenging on many different fronts. Your generosity and willingness to grant us this opportunity to restore balance and prepare to finish our race well. Finish our race with strength and vitality is an unspeakable blessing that we do not take for granted. Friends, we may not say it. We get that all of you as a church are making sacrifices on our behalf. Thank you. And thank you for understanding that one of the best gifts you can give us is to do everything in your power to help the church thrive while we're gone. As leaders, Diane and I are increasingly coming to realize 
that our true effectiveness is measured by how well the church does in our absence just as much as by how well it does when we are present. As I've already hinted at, friends, the goal for the next three and a half months is not for caring community to simply survive and step back into the harness. But the goal is for you to enthusiastically, intentionally gain new ground. Would you pray with me? Father, I probably don't say it often enough. I thank you for the privilege that you have blessed us with for nearly four decades of serving in this community with the community of believers that caring community has come to represent. Father, none of us knows what the future holds. But Diane and I, Father, are both humbly humble, humbled and blessed to understand that this body of believers believes in us enough and is willing to invest in us to give us this opportunity. And Father, we pray, as we have been praying for many months, that not only would this be a time that we are restored to increased effectiveness, but that it's also a time where this body moves to new levels of effectiveness. As the body becomes stronger in our absence and as we become stronger in our absence, Father, it is our prayer, it is our vision that when we come back together, the church as a whole will be that much stronger. And we ask this, not in our strength and our wisdom, but we ask this in the power of your spirit and the fullness of your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Michelle.